Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. Hey, I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online or perhaps you're listening on the podcast, maybe Monday through Friday, whatever day it is. I hope, Covenant, would you welcome our online viewers and listeners. It's great to have you with us. And we encourage you, if you're ever in the Charlotte area, to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Listen, I want to encourage you with this this morning. I believe this message... um, is a message that will refresh you. I believe it'll provoke you. I believe it'll encourage you. Um, But how many of you know that we're here? We've got four things that we say as a church, and I repeat them often because it's important that we know the vision of this church and where we're going. The Bible says my people perish for a lack of vision. So I want to continually pitch that to you so you know what we are, who we are, and what we're all about. And it's this, we're, we're here to know God, and that's points to is an experience. We just had that in worship where we experienced and encountered God, and we certainly know he's here. So know God, find freedom. That's freedom from things that hold you back and chains that may be on your life, addictions maybe that you have, or things that you struggle with that, that hold you back, whether that be sin or just maybe it's depression and, and anxiety, and it's not necessarily sin. Then, so know God, find freedom, discover your purpose. That's the reason why you're here and what you're gifted to do and the the things that God created you and equipped you with, and then it's go out and make a difference. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We talked about it last week when we talked about being a salt and light, and today's title is Here Is My Story. And I want to encourage you that no matter how long you've been saved and no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord or how short, this message is applicable to each of us. And it was an incredible reminder and wake-up call for me, and I, I believe it will be to you as well. But let's just seek the Lord as we look to his word. Father, we just welcome your presence. We welcome you, and we ask you to speak to us and forever change us, Lord, that we would leave change agents fired up and excited and joy-filled and ready to take your character. And, and, and who you are and spread that to the ends of the earth. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that, we just shout amen. amen. So I have a simple but an important message for you today. And I quoted this last week. I want to say it again, that it needs to be our goal, that I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. In other words, they're so attracted by my life. They're so attracted by my joy. They're so attracted by the fact that I'm carefree. They're so attracted by my honesty and transparency that that they want to know God because they know me. They know who I represent. Are you with me on this? Your story is a powerful tool that can be used, and it really should be used to lead people to Jesus. We all have a story, and I want to say this. You have a story that I don't have, and I have a story that you don't have, and you have a sphere of influence that I don't have, and I have a sphere of influence that you don't have. Why is that? The Lord gives us spheres of influence that I believe are divine appointments for the purpose of reaching people for him and him alone. Do you believe that? So that means in everything that I do, whether it be my daily meetings or coffees or my business or what it is that God's called me to, whatever that may be, all of those things can be used for the purpose of him and him alone. 
You go, well, I work at Bank of America. Great, represent him and him alone in Bank of America. That Charlotte's, Bank of America is their hub. So I just mentioned Bank of America. My wife works with Bank of America. And uh, it's a great, you know, it's great that the Lord gives us these fears that only you will meet with certain people and only you have a very specific story that I believe God works all things together for the good according to those that love him. So whatever your story is, whatever your testimony is, some of you have experienced healing and God's given you that story of healing to maybe bless others with encouragement when they're seeking God for healing. Some of you have been through loss. Maybe God is using you. He will because he works all things together for the good according to those that love him that you have that story and that experience to walk people through grief and loss. This is the beauty of God and the beauty of, of, of him working all things together. He turns all things around. Can I get an amen with that? I want to say this, if, if you were at a theme park and one of your kids went missing and you were looking for the, that one kid that went missing and maybe you have four kids, let's say you have four kids, I'm just going to give an example. You have four kids and one kid goes missing, you're in a theme park. How many of you know, you're not going to say, well, I have three others, I'm just fine, I'll let it go, that one, whatever. No, you're going to stop everything and you're going to pursue the one kid that's lost. And that's probably going to consume your brain until you find that kid. And if it doesn't, you're a really bad parent. That's just a reality. I've not parented, but I know that. Well, throughout scripture, you see that Jesus is distracted by the one that's lost. He's distracted by the wounded, the hurting, and the broken. And I want to say that there's many of you that have a calling that you're distracted by the same thing. And if you're a Christian, you ought to be. And that ought to be increasing in your life as you get closer to the Lord. But we need to have the same heart as Jesus. It's important that as the church, we're distracted by the lost, that we have a burden for the lost. And we must have a burden for the lost. If we truly have a heart of the heart of Jesus, then we gain that heart. Throughout scripture, you see that Jesus is distracted by that which is lost. I encourage you to read Luke chapter 15. Jesus tells three, chap- three stories in one chapter and all uh, the moral of all these three stories is the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son is that he will leave the found things to go after the lost things. Yeah. In all of those three stories in that one chapter, that's the common thread is he, go, he leaves the found things to go after the lost things. That is what God's all about. That's what we need to be all about. And in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 9 to 10 out of the message, it says, but you are the chosen one by God. It's important that you hear that. Not I'm the chosen one as the pastor, but every person in here who are the full-time ministers, every person in here, that you're chosen by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Not me, every person. You are, you are chosen for a priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him on his behalf. You're called to be the mouthpiece and the voice of God. Isn't that amazing? Remember, we discussed this last week that we're Jesus's ambassadors. So to tell others of the night and day difference he made for me, that God made for me, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Man, can I tell you that I struggle with rejection on a perfect day? I do. Outside of the Lord. 
When I do things in my strength, I start to feel that. But when I get into the presence of the Lord, I feel his love and I feel his acceptance and it heals that. And we should not be walking with a rejected mindset. We should be walking with an accepted mindset. And that only really happens when you encounter the Lord. An evangelist doesn't shout at everybody, guys, that you're going to hell. A true evangelist puts an emphasis on what happened inside of them, not what's wrong with everybody else. Can I say that again? Because I've seen it on the street corners. You're going to hell. That does not save anybody. It does not help anybody. It does not reach anybody. It's an instant turnoff. You know, if I were to meet you and I noticed a stain on your shirt, and that's the first thing I pointed out, I don't have the relational equity to point out the stain on your shirt. Can I just go ahead and say that? But why do we do that in the spirit? The first thing we do sometimes when we meet people is we're rough on their lifestyle. When they don't know Jesus and they're lost, if you don't have a heart of compassion, just shut up. We got to remember the tapes, the blockbuster. How many of you remember blockbuster like way before Netflix? There's one still apparently in existence and I believe it's in Oregon. Am I correct? Yeah, there's one. But the tapes used to say, please be kind, rewind. Okay. I think we need to do that in our lives. Can we please be kind and like rewind before it even happens? Like take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And please don't open this hole unless you hear from the Lord that it's ordained when it comes out. Can I get an amen from anybody? So these were the last words out of Jesus mouth here on planet earth in Acts 1.8. And I love this. If I could get, if I had like one tattoo, this would be it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. There's that verse is way more profound than probably what you were just hearing. You probably hung on to the and you will be my witnesses part. And that's true. But check this out. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's so much easier to witness and demonstrate the character of God when the power of Holy Spirit is operating through you. Which is why we are trying so hard to be a Holy Spirit inspired church because could you imagine if I was on the street corner with a sign that says, if you need healing, come here, you'll receive it. And every person that got prayer walked away and was whole. Could you imagine how much of Huntersville and how much of Charlotte would be in that line? People that are paying loads and loads of money at at all these cancer institutes and all of these institutes. Could you imagine what that would be like if we all carried such a level of Holy Spirit, such a level of the anointing that nobody left that wasn't healed? Now, I know that's not the case. I get it. You go, that presents so many questions for me. It presents a lot of questions for me too. I don't understand why everybody isn't healed, but I do understand that I'm going to try. And at first, if I don't succeed, I'm going to try, try again. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight because I will see a day where there's people healed. Are you with me? If you're so consumed and so passionate about that, I promise you, your evangelism will go through the roof because people will recognize the power that you carry. When there's emotional dysfunction in somebody's life and you just grab their hand and you start praying with them and all of a sudden they start to feel the power of God. Guys, that's what it's all about. That's the moment in his presence that changes everything. In this day, the only way I believe we're going to be able to evangelize a generation is to carry the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that operates within us.
which is why us as a church, we're not just, we're not just claiming salvation and asking for every person to be saved, but that you baptize yourself in the Holy Spirit, that you could see his power operate through you, that you could look at somebody and say, let me give you a word of what God's showing me that you need to hear. You know, we can be a mouthpiece. We could be the voice of God. We just read it, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness. Well, that's good. I love the word witness. And listen, if there's anything that I want you to hear this morning, I want this to shatter you with revelation. This is the crux of it right here. This paragraph that I'm going to read is it explains it so beautifully. It's, it's, it's just, it's a perfect explanation. Let's just picture that we've got a courtroom. Okay. We aren't called to be the judge. You've got the jury. We aren't called to be the jury. You've got the prosecutor. We certainly are not called to be the prosecutor. We're not even called to be the defense. We are called to be a witness. We are called to tell our story. We are called to tell the truth, nothing but the truth. So help us God. That brings revelation to you right there. I could drop the mic. We could all go home and go to Denny's. I'm going to read it again. You've got a courtroom. We aren't called to be the judge. We're not called to be the jury. We're not called to be the prosecutor. We're not even called to defend. In other words, God doesn't need you to defend him. He doesn't need you to defend his word. He doesn't need you to go, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the Bible. It's the truth. I mean, yeah, go ahead and declare that, but you don't have to defend it. No, you just have to be a witness to it and say, this is what it did for me. Here is my story. That would be a great title for this message. Also love the beginning of Acts 1.8. I truly believe that the greatest witness to this generation will be us demonstrating that supernatural power. That, that encourager that God is. Remember, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So I want to give you some practical steps, and I want to encourage you to take notes on this because I believe this will change your approach in how you deal with a non-believer, an unbeliever, a person that's even rejecting God. Here's a little playbook in our call to be a witness. Number one is that we share the hope that we have. I've seen many atheists that will say out of their mouth, I don't believe there is a God, but they're attracted to the hope that I have. Don't tell me they don't know there's a God. We, re- we read last week in 1 Peter 3.15, and I want to reiterate this again, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and my God be respectful. That's really good. You don't have to have all of the answers when you share your faith. There's times people ask me things. They go, but I lost this person. Why? I go, I don't know. I'm asking God the same question. I might have many more because I've, I've dealt with tons of loss in my life. It started in my life at the age of 16 when I lost my, my best friend who is my brother. You go, well, well why, why is your faith so strong when that happened to you? I don't get it. I know some people in here that have lost spouses. But I don't get it. I don't understand it. What I understand is we have our hope in Jesus. And one day when I look at him face to face, all the answers will be there. And I trust him. That's why I encourage you to just surrender. Do yourself a favor mentally. Give yourself a break and surrender it to God. It'll help you. You don't have to have all the answers. But here's a tip with three things that you should be prepared for to share when you're witnessing. Number one, share how I realized I needed Christ. Guys, that'll always reach somebody. 
When you go, well, why are you a Christian? Because I need Jesus. I can't live without him. Share your story. The, the tragedy or what you're dealing with that, that's, that's getting your attention. And now, you, now look where I am in Christ because of where he's pulled me to. Where he's taken me from. Number two, share how you committed your life to Christ. Share what the moment looked like when, when you met with Jesus, it changed everything. Share that with them. Share how you don't have to be better before Christ, but that it's Christ that makes you better. Because oftentimes people are waiting. It's like, I'm, I'm not good enough for Christ. No, 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 hold on. It's not merited. It's unmerited. No, you need Christ and he will make you look better. So share that. That'll be a tremendous relief. You know, I can't tell you how many people even this week that I witnessed to that thought they had to be something in their striving to look like Christ before they accepted him. And that if they achieve this level, especially guys, Catholics, Catholics were raised to believe it's by your works, by your works. Works are important, but man, that's not what gets you into heaven. It's the blood and the cross and accepting Jesus as your savior and your Lord. I'm preaching really good this morning. Sometimes I got to encourage myself up here. I'm sorry. So share how you committed your, your life to Christ. And then three, share the difference that Christ made in my life. You can, you can share the transformation process with them. So those three things, how I realized I needed Christ, how I committed my life to Christ, and then the difference that Christ made, like my eternal security that I now have. You can share the hope that you have in Christ. And Number two is share about your church. Guys, I am going to unashamed do a plug for Hope Covenant Church right here. There should not be one empty seat in this room. There shouldn't be. Because every week when we witness to people, we need to talk to them about the corporate experience. When we gather together in here and we worship, man, there's power when there's all of us together. When you're watching online, it's good, I, and I love that we have that as a resource, and I understand everybody can't get here every week, so I'm not pointing my finger at anybody. I'm not getting up in your pudding. At the same time, man, if you have the ability to be here and you're not here because it's convenient to not be here, I encourage you to come into the house of the Lord because, number one, it's scriptural to do that, and number two, there's such power in our corporate worship together when we gather. I, we, we sang that song, Holy Forever, and it's so powerful that they're all gathered around the throne of God singing, Holy, 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 Holy is your name. Could you imagine what that is like? If, if, if I experience that here in this room when y'all are here and we worship together. Can I tell you, the worship leaders are every person in these seats. When you lift your hands and you worship, you affect the person next to you because they go, well, if he's surrendered and he looks so happy, I want to surrender and I want to worship and I want to sing holy is his name. So share about your church. Be a part. Look, it's time for the body of Christ to grow. You go, Why? Because when this church grows, it's growing the kingdom of God. It's not about Hope Covenant Church. It's about the church. It's about us. It's about people. Right. Luke 14, 23. Go into the country and urge anyone you can find to come in so that my church will be full. My house, my church. That, that's it in red letter. Those were the words of Jesus. So we need to have people that we pray for. People that need to know Jesus. We should have a list of people every week or every month, whatever it might be. And every day you just pray, Lord, I just pray that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I just pray that they would meet with you, God. And then add value to them. Encourage people that they matter. Guys, there's people that are there walking the face of the earth every day that don't feel that they matter. 
Suicide rates are through the roof. Dep uh, depression medication is through the roof because people don't feel they have value. In Christ, your value goes way up because you see who you are as a son or a daughter in the Lord. You are a, you are a chosen, you see that you are a chosen people destined for, by God for great things. And then again, invite them to church. The church, the statistics say that 60% of people will never even consider going to church. So the church is going to have to take the gospel out into the world outside of these four walls. We can't just expect them to come in here. Even though inviting them in here is important, we can't just expect them to automatically walk in here. Now, I'm praying that the supernatural power of God would be so strong in this church that people that drive by go, I don't know what I just felt, but I'm going in there. It's like a magnet. Now, that's what I'm praying, that they would be like, I don't, I, whatever it is about that little church, I just need to go visit that one. And it's because we're passionate about God. I'm praying that that'll happen. But in the meantime, we got to go out into the ends of the earth. So the third thing is share Christ. We have to get comfortable being a mouthpiece to the world. You know, pastors used to say this. In fact, I grew up with this being said, and it's, it's to, I want to debunk it because it's not true. Pastors used to say all the time, you do what I can't do. You read your sphere and I'll do what you can't do. I'll present the gospel message. In other words, you bring them into church. Guys, can I tell you that we've got to amend that. That doesn't work anymore. No, no, you do what you're supposed to do. You do what God called you to do. Every person needs to get comfortable with being a mouthpiece and sharing that. Don't wait for the pastor to do it. No, no, don't rely on me. I'm not here to be your crutch. No, you get comfortable doing it. Because your approach is going to reach people that mine won't. You have a relationship that I don't have. You have a relational equity that I don't have. So bring them in here, and if they get saved here, great. But the purpose of the church is for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry, not the net casting thing that we've made it as. I'm, I'm all about salvation. I'm all about altar calls. But the purpose of the church is not to get the lost saved in and of itself. It's for the equipping of the saints to do that. So you become the minister. The onus and the responsibility becomes yours, not just mine. It is partly mine, but it is every one of ours. It's no more mine than it is yours. Let me say it like that. So here are three fundamentals, and I'm wrapping up. Three fundamentals for when you're witnessing. And if you're taking notes, this is good. Number one is share the problem. What's the problem? Well, we know that sin is the problem. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the problem. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We all need Jesus. So let's share the problem. Identify the problem with people when you're witnessing. And then two, go right into the solution. My God. I mean, you know, here's the problem. Don't camp out on that one. Here's the solution. And there's three key verses on salvation. And that's why I'm encouraging you to take notes because if you're armed with this, this is some solid stuff. I wouldn't encourage you to take out the notepad and be like, here we go. <laughs> Just, but at the same time, if you can memorize these and commit them to memory, they're foundational verses for us. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's the problem. The wages of sin is death. The solution is Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his own love towards us. In while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not that we were made to be perfect and then he died. We were sinners. I fell short of the glory and that's why he went to the cross. You go, I've been saved forever. I know this. Yeah, but are you armed with this? It's good to remind. Listen, there's a football coach out there 
that started every game. You've probably heard of this before. And he said, this is a football. They're pro athletes. They know what a football is. But he was reminding them of the basics of the game. I feel like as a church, we've gotten so complex in our message, but we've forgotten the basics of the game. And that's why I'm emphasizing this today. Because we as a church in America are not effective like we need to be. We need to start becoming effective, so we need to get back to the basics. So the solution, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love towards us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank God for that. So there's the problem. We just read the solution, and now the hope. Jesus said in John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, there is no other religion, there is no other way to the Father except you pass by me and you accept the work that I did on the blood and the cross for every single person. We believe in this church that there's a heaven, and we believe in this church that there's a hell. And I'm trying to empty hell and populate heaven, and we've got to try to get as many people as we can with us on this. It's time to populate heaven. Say that out loud. It's time to populate heaven. And then Acts 4, verse 12, I'm almost done. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now, let me say this right here. Right now, there's something called mosaic theology. It's you take, and if you've ever seen a mosaic, it's where a bunch of pieces make up the picture, okay? You've probably seen that in art before, and I, it's actually really cool. It's not cool when it comes to theology. We've got a mosaic false theology that's being spoken that says you can be a Buddhist and you can be a Muslim and you can be a Christian and you can get to, you can get to heaven by these multiple streams of ways. That's convenient, but it ends up in hell. It's from hell. It's rooted from the pit of hell. It's called a spirit of deception. And we are seeing a spirit of deception that is so prevalent in today's society, which is why I know we're in the end times. People get ready. Jesus is coming. I know that because scripture says it in Revelation that that's what we're going to see. So it is important that we are preaching this fundamental basic truth that we have gotten away from, that we are preaching truth, that we are preaching the message of the gospel because there's one way to Jesus and it's the blood and the cross. That's it. You cannot take a piece of this and a piece of that and a piece of this and a piece of that. No, mosaic theology is straight up deception. And you have to be armed with it because it's amazing how many people that I'm, I'm not necessarily confronting, but I'm encountering, that's the word I was looking for, that will hit me with this, but you can, no, 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 that's not what scripture says. But you know what the problem is? The percentage, I forget what it is, but it's, it's growing and it's really high people that do not believe that the word of God is the infallible truth. They think there's flaws in the Bible. There are no flaws in the Bible. They go, well, it was inspired by men. No, it was inspired by God that spoke Holy Spirit that spoke through men who penned the scripture. It is the absolute truth. And that's where it begins. You have to accept that. Again, his lordship is that I accept every piece of scripture. Oh, but I'm just looking for a savior. Well, you get in when he's your savior and your Lord. Yeah, that's good. And then third is share the response. John 1 verse 12, but to all who believe, believed him 
and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I'm so grateful for John 1, 12. Romans 10, verses 9, 9, 9 to 10. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, so you have to believe that Jesus went to the grave and was risen again. You have to believe in his supernatural power. And I want to encourage you with this, that we as a church don't believe it was just available then, but that it's accessible right now. The same grave-raising power that, that literally got Jesus out of the grave is here and accessible today. That's why I was flipping out like a child behind the keyboard going, y'all, we got a moment. Answer it. We got a moment. We got an opportunity. There's an opport to cross over, get into his presence. He's here. He's here. I try to identify he's here. He's always here. And a lot of times we're like, Lord, we ask that you would come. Can I give you a word of knowledge? He's here. I asked that the church would come. I feel like God's going up there, no going, you come, baby. I love you. You come. You enter and you cross over. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I thank you, Lord, for this hope that we have in Jesus. I'm going to end with this scripture verse right here. Revelations 3, verse 20. And these are again are the red letter words of Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. I love that verse for this reason. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll hang out with them. I'll fellowship with them. Do you know that Jesus isn't just there to be a Lord and and Lord his authority over you, but that he literally is a friend, he's a comforter, and he wants to hang out with you? He wants to dine with you. It, It overwhelms me that Jesus wants to hang out with me. I mean, that'll heal all that rejection right there. Jesus wants to have a meal with me. He wants to go to TGI Fridays with me. Maybe not. Maybe not TGI Fridays, but he wants to hang out with me. The fact that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is relational and it's his kindness that brings me close. Man, are you grateful for that this morning? Let's just do this with every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you that you're knocking at our door. We thank you for your presence as we encountered you through worship. Lord, I thank you that every person here would hear your voice. And Father, as a result, that we would just desire to hang out with you. And let me say this. I ask that every person in here would hang out with you, and as a result, they would hear your voice. (laughs) That's usually how it happens. Father, that we would make time for you, and that in your presence... We would experience your peace and your comfort and your joy. That we would forever be able to be a light by the supernatural. We don't have to try at this. We don't have to work at this. We just have to rest in your presence and let you fill us up. And then we can carry out your presence to the world. We don't have to strive. We don't even have to try. We just have to be obedient and be willing. And would you just say this, if that's you this morning. Father, 
here am I, send me. Say that out loud. Father, say it out loud. Father, say it out loud. Father, here am I, send me. It's important that your ears hear your voice say that. Father, I thank you, Lord, that this week we would carry the message of your gospel out to a broken and a hurting and a dying world. Lord, we thank you that you desire fellowship with us. And, and I want to encourage you with this before I dismiss you and those that are watching on the podcast or watching online. I want to encourage you with this. This week, understand he desires to be with you, but would you desire to be with him? Would you make time and schedule to be in his presence? Because it'll change your week. It'll fill you with joy. It'll fill you with peace. And you'll walk as an overcomer. You'll walk as a victor. You'll understand that you're accepted and not rejected. It's amazing what happens in his presence. Father, I pray for every person here that you would release your peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Rest over every person in Jesus' name. No matter what we're going through, this is not circumstantial. We thank you for that. Do you believe that? Would you shout amen? Thank you guys for coming out this morning. Thank you those that are watching online or listening on the podcast. It's an honor to have you guys. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.